Blog Talk Radio. Tiger Nation, welcome to TSR Live. And what does TSR stand for? It stands for TigerSportsReport.com, your number one source for all your Memphis Tiger athletic news and information. I'm your host, Isaac Simpson, and you can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals. That's I-S-A-A-C underscore Rivals. And also make sure you follow on the team, my guy Brian Moss. He's the founder and editor of our great, great website. You can find him on Twitter at RivalsBMoss, R-I-V-A-L-S the letter B-M-O-S-S. And last but not least, my man, Mitch Davis. You can find him on Twitter at Mitch Davis underscore eight. That's M-I-T-C-H-D-A-V-I-S underscore eight. Man, we always live tweet during the games. We're putting out great information. And make sure you go over to TigerSportsReport.com for all your Tiger Athletic news, man. We're always got great content over there, man. We're going to got a big game coming up here tonight. Uh, but right now, man, we have a TSR Live Exclusive. We're going to talk with the Wichita State beat writer from the Wichita Eagle. He's joined us on the program several times. He's my man, Taylor Eldred. Taylor, how's Wichita this, this afternoon? It's going well. <clears throat> Sorry, it's going well. Yeah, I think everyone's excited for the big game tonight. It's got that, the, it's the, the electricity is in the air, and I think Coke Arena is going to be, uh, you know, electric tonight. It's going to be a fun game to watch, and um, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a good one to, to be on national TV. Yeah, it's definitely a big-time game. Uh, you got the 21st-ranked and 23rd-ranked team in the country uh, matching off. You don't get a lot of top 25 matchups throughout the season. Um, and, and this is one. It's going to be the, the the first blackout in seven years uh, for the Shockers. Uh, can I talk about that, that atmosphere and what, what it's going to be like inside Cox Arena tonight? Yeah, you know, uh, Coke Arena is probably one of the, the better ones in the American uh, you know, it's it's not as big as, you know, some of the, the arenas like, you know, UConn and obviously Memphis, but, you know, they, they pack the place. It's 10,500. Uh, they have a, a sellout streak. Uh, or they have a streak of 10,000 plus going back 15 years. So it's going to be a crazy environment. You know, obviously with uh, WSU playing as well as they have, you know, the crowd's been really, really good lately. And then you throw in all the hype from Memphis, the top 25 ranking, 
the blackout. You know, the players are going to be wearing black uniforms. The crowd's going to be all blacked out, as you mentioned. So I think uh, this is a big, big game for Wichita State. They sense that, and, you know, the crowd's going to bring it tonight. It's going to be um, probably it's, – it's definitely going to be the best atmosphere of this season, I have a feeling, just because this is such a big game. Um, and then, you know, looking back, since WSU joined the American – you know, they played Cincinnati for basically the American title the last day of the regular season back in 2018. That crowd yeah. was electric. But I think I think we're going to have something that rivals that tonight. Yeah, we're talking with Taylor Eldridge, Wichita State beat writer for the Wichita Eagle. And, and you got to talk about uh, Coke Arena not, not being as big as some of the other arenas in America. Uh, when, here in Memphis, when you have an arena like FedEx Forum, it definitely has an advantage for playing an NBA arena when you bring it in as crew recruits and things like that. But uh, one, one argument that, that a lot of people have had here is what, what, what about an on-campus arena? Uh, because it, even even when it gets loud at FedEx Forum, it doesn't have that, that quite college atmosphere. It's a different kind of feeling. And when you get into those type of buildings, they're packed and the crowd's right on top of you. It could really be intimidating. I think sometimes that gets kind of lost uh, at, at FedEx Forum. Uh, but, but the shoppers missed the NCAA tournament for the – First time since 2011 last season, but they were still able to get uh, get 20 wins. Uh, they were three points away from reaching the conference championship game here at Memphis. Uh, they lose their top two scorers in Marcus McDuffie and, and Samaji Haynes Jones. Uh, Teddy Allen, who was a transfer from West Virginia, was expected to be a big part of this team this year, but he was dismissed over the summer. Uh, coming into the season, kind of what, what were their expectations for this team after losing so much last year? Yeah, this was uh, thought to be basically another transition year. You know, I think obviously people didn't think it was going to be as rough as last season when, you know, they started out 8-11, and 11, uh, like 1-6 and six in conference play. Uh, just because they had players back from last season, they knew it was going to be better than that. Uh, but they finished last year on that 14-4 and four stretch, so they had confidence. They have a good group of sophomores. You add in a great freshman class. And, you know, people were excited. I think uh, maybe the ceiling was, you know, uh, NCAA tournament. Like, that. if everything breaks right, that's that's what we can do. But um, I think this was supposed to be, you know, another NIT year gearing up for the future and then WSU turning into, you know, back into a national power next year or the year after. Because this is still a really, really young team. You know, 10 of 13 are freshmen or sophomores. So they're basically one year ahead of schedule. Um, maybe not – Internally, you know, I think they thought they could be good right away. But, you know, if you're yeah. asking me what, fan, what fans thought, what uh, national media thought, you know, yeah, they thought they would be frisky this year, you know, finish fourth, fifth, third, somewhere like that in the American, maybe challenge for an NCAA tournament berth. And, uh, yeah, they've just exceeded all expectations. And what makes it even crazier is that the two best players thought to be um, coming into this year aren't really playing one of them's not even on the team. As you mentioned, Teddy Allen, he was supposed to be basically the leading scorer on this team. He got dismissed over the summer, so that changed things up. And then Dexter Dennis, he was getting some NBA hype uh, coming into the season. Everyone thought he was going to make that, that sophomore year leap, and things just haven't gone well for him this year. Uh, his shooting percentages have plummeted. Um, he's only averaging like six points. He's basically playing like a shell of himself, what he, he did at the end of last season. Uh, ended up taking a leave of absence, missed three games just to kind of get his head right. And uh, he returned for the Ole Miss game, didn't really do much, played 10 minutes, didn't score. So he's still on kind of that, that road to recovery. But, man, if WSU can get 
get him going on top of, uh, you know, what they have going right now, that's, that's pretty scary that they're playing this well, uh, you know, without those two guys that were expected to be the, the two leading scorers. So, yeah, if you if you wanted to summarize it one year ahead of schedule, that, that's kind of the way it's gone so far for, for Wichita State. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, they were picked fourth in the AAC preseason coaches poll, um, and it looks like they're poised to, to do better than that. Um, you look at this team again, you lose McDuffie, uh, Haynes Jones again, uh, uh, the, the, got dismissed from the team. Um, it, I, I mean, I thought this team would be really good. Like you said, I thought they would be a tough out, uh, but, but I didn't know if this would be a team that you'd see in the top 25 this year. So I've been really impressed with what Greg Marshall's been able to, to do up there. And, and you talk about a guy taking a sophomore leap, uh, sophomore guard Eric Stevenson uh, is really taking his game to, a, to another level. Uh, up at the scoring average from, from 6.5 points per game last year to a team leading 14.1 points per game this year. He's getting it, getting it done all in all facets of the game for Greg Marshall. I mean, he's six rebounds per game at 6'3". I mean, two steals a game, shooting about uh, 36% from downtown. Man, talk about the season he's having. Yeah, and you you could see glimpses of it last year. It was just that the shots were just not falling. And, you know, at, at some point, you know, you are who your your percentages say you are. And last year, just it never never really caught caught on for Stevenson. And you know the stroke looked good, and you know he would play with uh, with confidence, and you know it would look good. But you know at the end of the day, this is a results oriented business. And you know if you're shooting 27 percent from three, no matter how good it looks coming out of your hand, you're a 27 percent three three point shooter. So he really got in the gym this summer, uh, transformed his body, cut it up. Um, he's way more bouncier now. He he's, he can jump higher. He can move laterally better, so he's better on defense. He's just more explosive, so that's really helped him, especially on the defensive end. Uh, I know he's taken, you know, the offense is going to get a lot of the, the the credit, but he's taken a big leap on defense too, and he's by no means like a lockdown defender or anything, but he went from being, you know, uh, you know, someone that you can pick on to, to now he's a very, very solid team defender. So, um, yeah, he's taken a huge, huge leap both ways uh, his sophomore year. And, you know, it's just basically as simple as the shots are falling now. You know, the the percentages are matching how good it looks coming off of his hand. And, you know, even the three-point percentage is 36% on the season right now. But I think since December, it's been basically 42%. So he's been on a heater. He went off against Ole Miss, career-high 29 points. A career high five threes, so he's playing with a lot of a lot of confidence, and you know he's one of those uh, those players where you know opposing fans are probably going to hate watching him play, but I mean <laughs> if he's on your team, you love him. So um, he he's one of those guys. He's not afraid to you know say something to. You know he was a freshman last year and he got teed up for going after Jaron Cumberland, who you know conference yeah, player of the that. year last year. So yeah. he's not scared of anybody, and he, he's going to let you know about it. So he, he's fun to watch just because, uh, you know, he brings that, that extra, little extra on the court. So, yeah, he's, he's been WSU's by far best player this year and probably t- team MVP through, through uh, 14, 15 games. Yeah, again, Wichita State beat writer Taylor Eldridge joining me here on the CSR Live phone lines. And freshman guard Tyson at the end, man, he's really come in and made a name for himself as a high-volume three-point shooter at 44% on 78 attempts. Um, it's really adept at, at, at moving without the ball and can, can really – some problems for opposing defenses. Uh, talk about the freshman season he's having so far. Yeah, he's he's uh, 
that's you know you, you you ask how did WSU make this leap so quickly? You know, a lot of it has to do with the freshman guards coming in and just being great right away. And um, you know, uh, Tyson Etienne, uh, what does WSU ask him to do? They ask him, you know, stand in this corner, come off screens, make threes, and that's exactly what he's been doing. Doesn't you know he drives every now and then, but for the most part, you know, he's taking threes. He has 78 threes this year, only 32 pointers. So you know, he's bombing away from deep, and uh, a lot of them are you know catch and shoot running off screens, catching it, going up, uh, you know, WSU will drive and his man will help off and they kick it out to him. And, you know, he's, he's been deadly this year, you know, for a freshman to come in and, and to be shooting this well already, uh, that says a lot about just his poise, his character. You know, the, if you ever talk to him, you can just tell that, that this kid is different. Like he's not, he doesn't handle himself like a 19-year-old freshman. He's just uh, just the family he comes for comes from just prepared him for, for big moments like this. So not really a surprise that he's shooting 44%, and that was as high as 47%. He's kind of been in a little mini slump lately. But, you know, he's usually good for, you know, two or three threes per game, and that's so valuable, especially when you go up against defenses like Memphis that, you know, make you take such tough shots and speed you up and, and try to get you out of your comfort zone. If you have a sniper out there that you can, you know, release to, and if they can make those shots, you know, uh, that's, that's such a huge advantage against Memphis's defense. So he could be huge tonight if he can knock down threes, um, you know, just because of the way Memphis plays their defense. You know, they're scrambling all over the court. They're trapping. You know, there's going to be open shots, you know, at least some. So if Etienne can, can make them pay for doing that, that's uh, that's going to be huge for, for WSU. And in and, and turn, you know, that's something that Memphis isn't going to want to, to let up is, is a wide open threes for, for him. Yeah, we we had a game on the Georgia game on Saturday, so I was still at the arena. I caught a little bit of the game against Ole Miss. Um, I saw at the end only played I think twelve minutes, only had two points. Was that just kind of was he struggling? Was that kind of the floor of the game? What what kind of happened in, in the Ole Miss game? But at the end, yeah, they just uh, are you asking about like down the stretch? Yeah, because I look, I just checked the box score. It was like he only played twelve minutes in the game total. I think and only only scored two oh, points. Oh yeah, yeah for yeah for Tyson. Yeah, he he just got in foul trouble. He picked up two fouls in the first half, and then uh, Marshall uh, never played. He never starts uh, players with two fouls to start the second half. So uh, he came off the bench the second half and uh, played like a little three minute spurt and picked up two more fouls, and uh, so he had four with like nine minutes left and. Um, so he came out and, right, really and <laughs> you know, down the, yeah. And, and like you said, I mean, uh, WSU, they go up, uh, they, they played close to a 20 point lead uh, for the whole second half. Yeah. So it wasn't like they absolutely needed him. Obviously if it, if it was a closer game, I think he gets more minutes, but um, yeah, I think uh, that's the benefit of WSU, you know, having a deep roster, they can go as deep as 11. I don't think they will tonight. I think that's going to be kind of trimmed down to, to eight, maybe nine, um, but yeah, they they they're very confident in their depth, and uh, they're not. Craig Marshall's not afraid to to use it. So, I think that's kind of the explanation: just foul trouble and and just the game scripts. Oh, so someone that really worries me tonight, um, especially with, with not having James Wiseman on, with the team anymore, uh, is senior big man Jaime Etienne, six eleven, two hundred sixty pounds. He missed the four games, the first four games of the season with a broken bone in his hand, uh, but seems to be back in a rhythm here lately. Uh, does a little bit of everything uh, for, for this Shaka team. He's scoring the paint. He's 
rim protector, rebounder. He can even even step out and shoot it a little bit. Talk about the the year he's having and and, and how he's progressing coming back from that injury. Yeah, last year he was, uh, if you look at the plus-minus stuff, he was the most important player on WSU's team just because he was the anchor in the back for the defense. And, you know, you mentioned just his, his rim protection, and he's so good at, you know, sliding along and and containing dribble penetration on on those uh, um, dribble handoffs and, like, ball screens up top. So he's very, very good at defense. And this year everyone has leveled up, though, so – he is not as important. If you look at the numbers, you know, WSU's success was so tied to, to Echenique being on the floor last year. And yeah. this year it's it's not the case anymore because they have uh, more depth and more players who are stepping up. And, you know, obviously he's still a huge piece of, of the puzzle for WSU. And his, his scoring hasn't been – I thought he might lead this team in scoring just because he's uh, so good down in the post. And I thought they would try to work inside out. And obviously with uh, Eric Stevenson blowing up, I mean, uh, that that's worked out for him. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's it's going to be a, a big matchup tonight for Echenique, and this is going to be the best matchup uh, for WSU's bigs since they got bullied around by West Virginia back in Cancun. So the last seven games they, they've held their own or dominated the rebounding battle and just the, the battle down low. And this is going to be the biggest test now. You know, how does Echenique fare against, you know, that rotation at center for Memphis, or if he gets matched up yeah. with Precious, um, that's going to be a really entertaining matchup. And, um, you know, you have a senior versus a freshman. I've seen some film on, on Precious, his post-defense, you know, excellent shot blocker, one of the most fun shot blockers I've seen. But that's a lot of them yeah, are, are coming but, over as help side. He's not really blocking side, people yeah. uh, that, he's, that he's guarding. So uh, if he can take advantage of, you know, a freshman just because of He's, uh, Echenique is so good at those pump fakes and, and step-throughs and just those tricky little veteran moves to, to pick up fouls and, and just get around uh, get around the post. So that's going to be a big matchup. I, I do know that Memphis loves doubling the post too. So um, Echenique has been prone to turnovers when you double him. So that's going to be a big thing I'm watching for tonight is can he limit his turnovers in the post if he gets doubled? Will he be able to, to pass over the top of that double team and, and find the open player? And uh, can WSU make them pay for, for doubling the post? But, um, yeah, that's going to be a big-time matchup, him and, and him and Precious and um, all the other centers that WSU, or, uh, Memphis uses down low. So rebounding battle, shots at the rim, who protects the, the rim better, those are things that are going to determine the, the game tonight. Yeah, I, I think the, the inside battle is what's going to determine this game. And, and you got to talk about that rotation. Memphis, uh, it, it's kind of searching uh, without James Wiseman. They start Isaiah Maurice at center, he's 6'11", uh, but he's basically starting out of necessity. Um, he's a senior, but he was a Juco last year. He's only, only his second year in the program, and he's a guy that, that wasn't expected to get a lot of minutes this year. Now he's in the starting lineup, and behind him you have Lance Thomas, who's a guy who played at Louisville his freshman year, had to sit out last year. Uh, so this is basically his first year playing as well. And Malcolm, Malcolm Dandridge is a freshman who just came back a couple of weeks ago from, from an injury. So they're, they're kind of kind of trying to find their way at the center position. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how they match up with Echenique. I do expect to, to see some, some, some mature versus Echenique at, at, at times. But, but it's going to be interesting to see how Memphis kind of matches up uh, at that center position. Because when they get in the foul trouble, it could really, really cause some problems for the Tigers. But uh, – Talk a little bit about the, the, the bench uh, for the Shocker. Their freshman guard, Grant uh, Sheffield, uh, is their leading scorer off the bench. Uh, talk about him and, and some of the guys off the bench that we might see tonight. 
Yeah, Shurfield is kind of the he, – he was starting earlier this year, and he's a four-star freshman and signed with UCLA back his back in his junior year, I think. And then, obviously, they let go of their coach, so he got out of that. And he actually grew up in Wichita, so um, he moved to Texas to play high school basketball, but decided to come back home, play for his hometown. And, um, yeah, WSU fans that have loved him, he's a good – he's a great um, change of pace option off the bench, and um, he's so in control and – you know, you you don't think he looks fast, and then he he's by you, and he uses his body so well in the air to to block out the defender and finish at the rim, and just a real crafty scorer. You know, mature beyond his years, he does not look like a he does not play like a 19 year old freshman, and um, yeah, he's been a huge benefit for WSU. To um, you know, I think he's found a, a good role coming off the bench. Um, he's able to start the game on the bench. He sits next to the assistants, picks their minds about what's happening on the floor. And, and, you know, kind of analyzes what's going on and comes on and is able to, to make his impact. So uh, he's been a huge player for WSU, kind of the sixth man. Uh, also, they have a bunch of centers to, to come off the bench in case there's foul trouble. Morris Udeze is probably the next up at, at center. Uh, a little undersized, 6'8", 240, but he's just a bulldog. Um, just uh, really, really good around the rim. Good shot blocker, good rebounder, but uh, pretty limited outside the paint. Um, and then they have two other centers that they, they bring on, but I don't know if they're going to see much action tonight. And then kind of the wild card is, is Dexter Dennis. Like we mentioned earlier, you know, this is yeah. the guy that's supposed to be the best player on WSU. Um, you know, everyone's just kind of waiting on that breakout game. And, you know, he started the year really, really well. He was averaging like 19 points the first two games. And then, you know, whatever happened, he just went into a, a big-time shooting slump. So, they're kind of waiting for him to break out. I don't think it's going to be tonight just because that's a really, really high-level game to, you know, to, to be making a, a breakout performance in. But, you know, I will say that this matchup does set up for, for some potential for Dennis just because, you know, if Memphis brings that press as much as I think they will, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of broken floor opportunities, a lot of three-on-twos, uh, four-on-threes. And, you know, that's where Dexter Dennis, and he's he's so athletic and he's so good at – in the air, um, maybe we see, you know, a big-time dunk uh, in transition when they beat the press or something like that that gets him going. He just needs something good to happen for him to see a shot fall through the, the basket. Uh, maybe that will get him going. Uh, but like I said, I mean, that's that's a lot to ask for to do it uh, for the first time in, in basically two months against a team like Memphis. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're going to play a lot of guys. Like I said, I think they're going to go eight or nine deep and, and rotate in and keep, keep guys fresh and uh, – yeah, I think Sherfield is probably the, the name to know, and then Dexter Dennis, like I said, he, he'll be the X factor. Yeah, Billy told us in his uh, media availability on uh, the other day that put in a, a few new wrinkles for this game. Going to be interested to see what that is. He didn't really clarify what that is, so that that's going to be interested to see. But a couple more before we finish up here. But what, what do you think about the the coaching dynamic? Uh, Hardaway versus Marshall. I know Penny got the best of uh, Greg Marshall two times, and you're not going to see. Uh, a freshman coach uh, beat a guy like Greg Marshall too many times. So Penny's now 2-0. and As Greg Marshall kind of talked about this matchup, I'm sure he's had this one circled as one that he wants to get, and I'm sure his team is going to be ready, and we know the fans are going to be fired up. Can I talk about that, that dynamic and, and, and what has Greg Marshall said about this matchup throughout the week? Yeah, I mean, he's not going to say anything. Like, uh, he, he's pretty smart when it comes to the media and, you know, not giving – uh, bulletin board material, so he, he's not going to touch that that subject as far as just him versus Penny. I don't think he looks at it like that anyway, but I do know that, you know, it, it probably does 
you know, grind his gears a little bit that they lost both times to Memphis. And, and uh, you know, credit to Penny. I think the narrative coming into last season was um, he can recruit, but can he coach? And I think he yeah. proved that first season yeah. that, that he, he does have some coaching chops. And, um, you know, watching them on film, uh, they, the offense, I mean, it's a little troubling. I mean, it seems like they, they just run a bunch of quick hitters. And if that first option yeah. isn't there, things kind of break down. So maybe that's like the, the room for improvement. But, you know, you give yourself a huge uh, cushion when you recruit this well and you have this kind of athlete and you play the defense that, that Memphis does and, and the style. So I think that's uh, their are tradeaways. Uh, for both ends there, and I think Penny's done a great job with this group, and you know they're they're obviously uh, you know so much to handle on the defensive end and, and trying to get through that pressure, and um, I think he's done a great job, and I, I don't I don't think Marshall kind of looks at it as like a, a coach versus coach matchup, and he hasn't said much. Um, he just he's been nothing but complimentary of Memphis this week, and um, he said himself he was surprised that Memphis dropped that that far in the AP poll. And, he thought they'd be, you know, 15, 16, 17, somewhere around there. And uh, so yeah, the fall that weeks. far was uh, – yeah, yeah. And uh, so that was uh, <laughs> a little surprising to him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think this is just a matchup that, that this could be, you know, with Memphis looking really good uh, in the foreseeable future. WSU is looking like it's set up for the next, you know, two, three years. I mean, this could be a fun rivalry game. Uh, uh, maybe not rivalry in the sense of, like, location, but just because they're both going to be – conference title contenders for the foreseeable future so i think we're gonna have a lot of uh, a lot of really fun which i'll state memphis games going forward and uh yeah we're gonna have a lot to lot to look forward to yeah i think it's gonna be uh great over the next few years and i think both of these teams will be playing at a, at a high level for the foreseeable future um and kind of go back to a comment you made about the about the offense here yeah i mean Vinny has said that he doesn't want to be a coach that he's always calling plays and coaches from the sideline and he wants to empower his guards to, to make plays. And it, it can get you in trouble at times because their the offense is pretty much wide open. Just whoever has the open shot, take it. Um, and then you'll see uh, another team might go to run and then he has to call a timeout and then he has to, uh, to, to, to put something in. But, but again, he said that he doesn't want to be that type of coach. And again, that can get, get them in trouble at times. But uh, uh, real quick, I know we're running a little long here. Uh, when you, when you look at the AC overall uh, coming into the season, uh, I think, the conference last year, I think the top of the conference was, was better. I mean, you've got four teams in, a, in the NCAA tournament. I'm not sure if they get four in this year, but I think the bottom of the league this year is better than it was last year when you look at the ECUs and things like that because we saw ECU come in and get Wichita State all they wanted uh, about a week and a half ago. I think those teams are better. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on the AAC overall so far? I think you have teams at the top, Memphis and Wichita State, obviously, they're at the top. And I think Houston is pretty good, but outside of that, it's kind of – from from then on, I mean, it's just kind of a bunch of teams there. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think Wichita State, Memphis, and uh, Houston, like you said, have all kind of separated themselves into that uh, that top tier, and uh, those three look like the the favorites to contend for the title. And um, all three look pretty pretty good for the NCAA tournament right now. Um, yeah, the biggest disappointment so far has been Cincinnati. You know, that was uh, they were expected to be yeah. in that group. And uh, they just haven't played. I mean, they lost to Tulane on the road. Uh, kind of to go to your point, just how good the bottom of the conference has, uh, has been so far early on. And, you know, Cincinnati, they pretty much uh, shot their uh, NCAA tournament chances with uh, such a poor non-conference and then losing to Tulane, too. That does not help. 
So, yeah, I mean, the, the American right now is looking like three, um, unless something drastic happens to one of those top three and they, they start losing, uh, they might drop out too. So, yeah, I agree that it's kind of looking like a down year in terms of, the, uh, in, in terms of like, the top strength. But, um, yeah, I mean, all the programs are at least have some hope. Um, whereas, like, last year, I mean, Tulane was just, you know, easy win. East Carolina, easy win. You could count on those two. And, um, and now both of those teams have shown what they're capable of. of uh, they already have one win uh, from the, the first week of play. So, yeah, it's going to be real interesting to see who kind of emerges as that fourth best team. You know, will Cincinnati bounce back? Uh, you know, UConn is super talented. UConn. They just yeah. never never seem to live up to the hype. I thought Temple, uh, I thought Temple could could be that team, but you know they just got uh, whacked uh, in one of their games last week. I think it was like Tulsa beat them by like forty or thirty yeah. or something they look, they look like that. Deep, they, I was going to say they look, yeah, they look decent against Houston, but yeah, they did get. I think it was Tulsa that they yeah they got beat pretty bad in that one. Yeah, so like four through twelve. I mean, that might just you know put all the names in the hat and just draw them out. And you, you yeah. know, that might be just as good. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a fun, uh, fun conference play, uh, conference season because you know there are no, no more gimmies uh, like there were last year. So I think every road, every road game is going to be a tough one. And um, yeah, I mean for the good of the conference, they need you know one or two of those teams in the middle to kind of emerge and uh, to just in terms of the net ratings. Uh, to give those Q1 opportunities for the the Houston's and the Memphises and the Wichita States of the world, because um, that's going to help their strength of schedule uh, come March. Hell, man, I'm gonna put you on the spot, man. Before we get out of here, but look at the nice game, man. How do you see it playing out? Man, after watching the the film, I, I like the way Wichita State matches up. I think they can handle that that press, and in a battle of two really good defenses. You know, which offense do I trust more? Uh, right now, I, I would trust Wichita State's more just because they, they seem to be playing a little bit better. You know, I watched the end of the uh, the Georgia game and, you know, just turnovers, yeah. free throws. That seems to be plaguing Memphis right now. So, I think uh, – I don't think this is going to be, you know, a shootout like it was last year, both games. Um, I think Wichita State, you know, 70, 74, 70, something like that. I mean, I think it's going to be a real close ball game will be decided in the, in the last four minutes. And, um, yeah, I, I just think that Wichita State's offense plus playing at home. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if these two teams split at, at home uh, both ways. So, But I think WSU gets this one tonight. Just the, the blackout is going to be a lot, and uh, they're going to be hyped up. Yeah, man, it should be a good one, man. 6 p.m. on ESPN2 from, from Charles Coke Arena in Wichita, Wichita. Kansas, man, it, it, it should be a good one. Big top 25 matchup in, in the AAC, man. I'm looking forward to it, man. Enjoy the game tonight, man, and we'll catch up with you in March when uh, the Shockers make their way to the Bluff City. All right, sounds good. Thanks for having me on, guys. No problem. Thanks, Taylor. Taylor Eldridge, Wichita State beat writer from the Wichita Eagle, joining me here on TSR Live, and I always enjoy his insight. Um, man, it, it's going to be a fantastic matchup. Um Tigers need this one, man. Um, after dropping a game, you hold Anthony Edwards to 13 points. That's a game where even without D.J. Jeffries, you think you can win. Speaking of D.J. Jeffries, uh, D.J. Jeffries and Damian Ball are expected to be in uniform tonight. Uh, neither one of them practiced unless D.J. Jeffries practiced yesterday when they got to Wichita. So, Kenny um, says he's going to rely on other guys to get them up to speed, but they are both expected to be in uniform. So, all hands on deck tonight for the Tigers. I think the Tigers sneak out of there with one. 
I think we could see a game very similar to Tennessee game where uh, Tennessee, uh, where Wichita State might jump out to a lead, but I think Memphis will hang around, hang around, hang around, and I think they're going to pull this without the end. It's, it's tough. They're not going to want. They're, they're going to be laser locked in and focused because they lost that game on Saturday. They're not going to want to drop two in a row, and you definitely don't want to lose the conference game. I think Memphis sneaks out of Charles Koch Arena with a victory tonight, uh, and, and, and kind of right this ship going on in conference play. Uh, but it, but it's going to be tough again. I think. The, the the two things that I, I think that the Memphis need to do, uh, Wichita State is a team that they shoot threes at a high volume. Uh, they, they only shoot about 33%, but they shoot a lot of them. Uh, you got to uh, run these guys off the three-point line. Stevenson is a guy who, uh, very similar to Pritchard with Oregon, Oregon uh, can do some of the same type of things. Uh, they got to try to corral him. But, again, uh, touch it at the end, as we talked about, the guy who can really knock it down from three. Uh, comes off screens, uh, they, they, they run plays for him, penetrate into the lane to kick it out. So you got to run these guys off the three-point line and make sure you guard the perimeter, which is something that we saw We saw that a lot. We saw it in the Georgia game where they doubled down on Anthony Edwards and these guys were wide open for three. You can't do that tonight. Uh, they got to find a way to, to to stay with their man and keep again, run these guys off the three-point line again, like I said. And uh, Javier Tanike really worries me tonight, uh, 6'11". 260 pounds. I expect we'll see SDK in a, a true matchup at times, but with, with the big rotation in Memphis, it, it's a problem. I mean, um, Isaiah Barris starts again, as I told Taylor by necessity. Uh, who's going to be the one off the bench that steps up between Lance Summers and Malcolm Dandridge? I think is a big question. So if, if, if any of those guys get in foul trouble, it can really be a problem. Uh, I mean, it, James Wise is leaving the team, obviously left a big hole on the team, but but it's really, really that ugly head here lately. Uh, so a lot of pressure on pressure that you were uh, to, to do big work on on the inside. That's going to be pertinent tonight because I think Etonike could be poised for a big game tonight. But I think the Tigers find a way to get it done. Uh, but, again, 6 p.m. ESPN2 from Charles Coke Arena in Wichita, Kansas. Uh, but I want to thank everyone for joining me here on TSR Live. We have this podcast up. I'll post a link here in a second if you join us late. And also about 30 minutes after the show, you can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, and the TuneIn app. Just search Tiger Sports Report. And I'll be live tweeting throughout the game. You can follow me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals, I-S-A-A-C underscore Rivals. Also follow my man, Brian Moss, the founder and editor of our great website. Find him on Twitter at Rivals, B-Moss, R-I-V-A-L-S, the letter B-M-O-S-S. And last but not least, my man, Mitch Davis. You can find him on Twitter, at Mitch Davis, underscore A, M-I-T-C-H-D-A-V-I-S, underscore A. Man, but other than that, uh, that's it for me for today. Um, again, I'll have this, this podcast link posted here on, on my Twitter feed in just a second, and we'll talk to you soon. It's been your boy, Isaac Simpson. This is TSR Live. Make sure you go over to TigerSportsReport.com for all your latest and breaking Memphis athletic news. I'm gone.
think you may need what? all of mine. Hate to say, you know the love is blind. I'm about to see. I close my eyes. They can't see you in it all. Most of them need dollar signs to make every day your birthday and every night your Valentine. But I'm 